Hello there, everyone, and welcome back to Mortis FM, a Star Wars podcast. I am Grayson, one of your hosts. I'm Cole, the second host. Grayson, today we're talking about the Bad Batch Season 3 premiere. The Bad Batch Season 3 premiere, three-episode premiere. The three-episode premiere. Season 3, three-episode premiere, yeah. Um, Yeah, I uh, I don't have any other thing else to say other than let's just get into it. I don't got nothing. Yeah. No, no precursor stuff. Um, so Cole, we haven't talked about it at all yet. Nope. Give me your, uh, your kind of one minute review of kind of each episode of episodes one, two, and three, just kind of back to back to back. What, what you thought? Okay. Uh, the first episode, uh, confined, I believe it's called. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think that it was a really good opening to the show. Um, it's exactly where we wanted it to be, which was starting on Tantus. Um, it is also a Tantus specific episode, uh, which I think was really cool. I'm glad that it was focused solely on Omega mm. and not going from, you know, Omega to the Batch and, yeah. uh, well, the, the Batch being Hunter and Wrecker at this point, which yeah. is really disheartening to say. Um, I think that it was a, it was a very lonely and isolating episode, but I loved getting this uh, Omega centric episode because even though she is a key character and we see her all the time in the show i think we don't get a lot of alone time with her if that makes sense yeah i think seeing her by herself uh, especially in this isolated point is really important um i love seeing the inner workings of tantus and i love uh her growing with with batcher you know that was cool trying to convince crosshair either way great start to the series um and then episode two, I think it was uh, Paths Unknown. Mm-hmm. Um, episode two, yeah, it was uh, it was the the deviation from Tantus. We're back with Hunter and Wrecker, um, and uh, it's it's really depressing seeing them in the state that they are right now, um, in in a two man squad without uh, w- without you know people that that they love, without people that have specialties on the team. Uh, they're in a desperate search for Omega. Um, but also I think that it was just, it didn't feel like the, the, the typical complaint of the other seasons where people were like, man, it's just another filler episode. This didn't feel like that at all. This was another stepping, stepping stone for what is, uh, what are Hunter and Wrecker doing while we're looking for Omega? Yeah. I thought that, uh, it was really cool showing off those clones and yeah, it was fun. Um, and then uh, episode three, which was uh, Darkness of Tantus or something like that. Shadows of Tantus, yeah. Shadow, shadows of Tantus, yeah. Um, super cool. We'll, we'll, we'll go into that. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we will go into that in depth either way. Uh, I think it was great seeing a specific character return. Um, I think that uh, watching Omega and Crosshair team up was awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I, you know what? I will just... It, it, it was good. I will go into it further yeah. when we when we get there. Um, yeah. How about how about you, my friend? How about you? I second a lot of the things that you are saying. Uh, the first episode, I really enjoyed getting to just focus on uh, Omega because, like you said, we don't get a whole lot of time with her alone. And yeah. Omega is that character people kind of rag on her because she's that kid character you know she's the new yeah. Ezra the new Ahsoka right oh she's so annoying but then mm-hmm. you know you slowly work up to her to be honest I will be I'll just put it out there I was never annoyed with Omega I get I see people talk about that a lot I always liked Omega 
Yeah, um, I want to say we've had this discussion before. I don't think it we? was on this podcast though. But you and I were basically like we we've always liked Omega. There yeah. was never a point in time where we were like, man. Omega's so annoying. I love Omega. She's great. Yeah. She's there's, so good. There's times that like she would make, you know, childlike decisions because she's a child, but I didn't make that be like, I, I hate her, you know? Um, <laughs> yeah. it, and so, but it's good to see that I'll, this episode specifically has warmed people up to her um, mm-hmm. and definitely made me invested in her arc and her future going forward. Yeah. Um, so, so I really enjoyed just getting to see, like you said, the inner workings of Tantus. I, I love the cyclical nature of, and the, the cinematography and how they're showing this kind of mundane routine nature of, you mm-hmm. know, she sleeps, she wakes up, uh, Emery comes to get her, they go on their thing. She passes by crosshair. Um, and, and yeah, it's, it's, it's good stuff. We'll get into it in, in a little bit, but, um, I really liked it. Episode two mm-hmm. was probably my least favorite of the bunch, but that that's not saying that I didn't like it because there's this, you know, that's how people take it when you say something like, oh, it's my least favorite. So you hated it? No, that's not true. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I I like the episode. I like the episode a lot. Um, like you said, seeing Hunter and Wrecker be on the, their own just feels wrong, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's um, really sad. It's yeah. really sad. Their their armor is is starting to get dilapidated even more. They they yeah. are, they don't seem like themselves, and they're really desperate to find Omega. Um, and this was more of the adventure of the week style episode, but it felt like it had a cause, you know, it was, Mm. it was warranted. Like they have no idea where Omega is at. And so being able to kind of get that adventure of the week, but in a little bit different context, a little bit different tone, um, was, was fun for me. Um, and then, yeah, episode three was the, was kind of the big swinger. I I get why they kind of formatted it in a three episode premiere. Um, this was, it kind of, it's this. It's where this this season is now shooting off. It's like okay, we've got two different branches of characters. What's going to happen with those? Mm-hmm. Um, and and I, I really really enjoyed it. Um, I have to say, just right off the bat, with and got to get it out of the way. Kevin Kiner still continues to absolutely cook with his music. Uh huh. It's so good. It, I, it I, is I, man. Just everything about the just bad batch is just really good star wars i think mm-hmm. um i and and also we're, we're just in this era ever since siege of mandalore where uh the tone of these animated uh episodes and shows is just stellar mm-hmm. um i just really like the way that it's handled um if, i wish people would for people who are like oh you know animation is it cartoons or whatever it's dumb it's not my star wars i want to see live so action silly. so silly if you, it, I'm like, yes, the animated shows have that in like the early days and stuff, but I, I firmly believe this season is going to be like the most mature we've ever seen the, mm-hmm. uh, any of these animated shows. There's you know? little to no levity so far. In yeah. The past three episodes that we've had, it's all been very depressing, very dark. Mm-hmm. Um, things are not good right now and it's only getting worse kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that that's very, uh, I think it's very important to, to to show those very tiny moments of of, of light of of kindness with, with with Omega that 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 we'll get into when we go into these episodes. Yeah. Um. So, uh, yeah. You, do you want to do you want to just get right into it? Yeah, we're gonna just break it down into. We're gonna talk about all three episodes kind of simultaneously. We'll obviously start off with the first, but if we kind of get ahead of ourselves, we apologize. But you yeah. know now. Um. So, uh. 
yeah, where do you where do you want to start? <laughs> Man, um, so I really love. I, I'm I'm just gonna go ahead and like mention that I really love how we 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 basically start uh we we, we start with Omega Omega in a room right. Um, and we see the we see those marks on the wall. I think at the time, uh, I think when it first starts, she's been there for around seven days, maybe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you can see throughout the episode uh, that time, you know, time really goes on uh, up to the extent of her being there for 150 days. Yeah. Um, so she's been there around like five or six months. Um, you can see she- where her hair is starting to get longer. Yeah, like she's she's growing, um, and uh, yeah, it's like you said in in your little overview. Uh, it's um, it, you you get this vision on, on on this cyclical routine that that they have her in. Emery coming yeah. in saying good good morning, Omega, and Omega says good morning, and then let's get get to our tasks, let's get to mm-hmm. our assignments. Um, and the 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 sterile order of Tantus is uh pretty palpable to me you know uh, yeah. you just see tk troopers and clone commandos and scientists going about their business um and one thing especially like at the beginning of the episode when omega is watching uh crosshair and those three other clones just despondently walking down the hall crosshair doesn't even look at her i don't even yeah. think he knows she's there yeah uh, in, in that moment um and just seeing them all just so upset and likely extremely drugged up because that's mm-hmm. what they're doing to the clones in order to, you know, make Project Necromancer more of a success. Yeah. Um, although we have later learned from Hemlock, kind of getting a little ahead of myself here, that uh, Crosshair has been semi-resistant to the treatment. Um, that he's not... From from, from what I uh, am inferring from that is that the re- like crosshair being kind of resistant to this uh procedure that they're doing he's mm-hmm. not becoming as sedated as the other ones yeah um, but i think that might be giving him something that we will discuss at a later time um but yeah. uh yeah um C- confined is essentially this overview of where we've been what's what's been going on since season two uh mm-hmm. we've we've been in this quite awful routine day in day out uh and uh omega adorably calling this little uh l- l- lurka lurka hound mm-hmm. lurka hound, um yeah. ba- batcher uh she 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 calls it batcher because uh it's you know it's kind of like an outcast from the other lurka hounds yeah it's, it's different um, and you see over the months that, that, uh, she grows with Batcher and Batcher becomes domesticated yeah. because, uh, she's been treating Batcher so nicely. And then she also creates a little straw doll, re- re- uh, reminiscent of the one that she had on the ship. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just, just very, it's very sad episode. Yeah. It, I, I like the one thing that I love most about this episode is the, cinematography and and the storytelling through that like it uses the same shots every single time for every Mm -hmm. single day um and you get a pretty big time jump between that first day where she's a little bit more resistant and like you said she passes by crosshair and she acknowledges crosshair and crosshair kind of just doesn't he doesn't even like say anything to her but then when we jump ahead the same shots she's just looking straight ahead she doesn't even say anything to crosshair um that same top down shot of the the centrifuge of 
of the lab where all the clones are getting their blood yeah, taken. When the blood it's samples rotating. Rotating, yep, which comes back to play in Shadows of Tantus, which is really mm -hmm. cool. Um, yep. And then the same cycle of, uh, is it uh, Lama Su? Which, which Kaminoan is it again? Nalase, Nalase. Nalase. Uh, yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah, there's, yeah. A, there's a lot of them. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, and she, uh, her just discarding Omega's blood sample every mm -hmm. time has been doing yeah. this consistently, um, which alludes to some interesting stuff. Um, yeah, and then her, like, you know, her going in and the, and the clone opening, like it's all these same shots beat for beat for beat. And it's really giving you the atmosphere of the, you know, the depressing nature of this facility on Tantus and uh, that oppressive order. Yes. Um, it, that is very, you know, reminiscent of just what the Empire is in general. I think of Andor, a lot of people compare it to the prison uh -huh. there. Very similar. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we, we, we also get those moments where uh, she is reaching out to Crosshair, like she's sneaking down to go yep. talk to him. And we get a really great moment where he basically, he, he, uh, he kind of gets up and he says, if I had a chance to get out, I would leave you behind without a second thought. Yeah. Um, which he's like, he's what's lying. the mission? And yeah, he is like, that's and comes back later that they end up getting, getting away together. Um, yeah. but he, uh, he asks her, like, he's getting frustrated and he's like, what's the mission? And she's like to escape. And he's like, okay, then do it. Like, he's don't like, they, they get out. Don't waste like, time with me. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't want to talk anymore. Like, Let's get, like, I think he or, said specifically. He's. I don't know if it was this episode or another one, but he just says, "I belong here." Yes. Um, he believes this is his punishment. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it was, uh, dude, Crosshair is just such a good character, man. I really love. The, makes me think of that <laughs> line from Rogue One, where Chira is like, "I sense you carry your prison wherever you go." Yeah. Uh, that's. Yeah, it's it's that that's pretty much exactly what he says mm -hmm. um and that's very applicable and that's you know for cassian which is funny we're talking about another andor thing but cassian and, and crosshair have a little bit of similarities in that regard you know they're yeah they they believe like that they that they should have this fate right but um, because of what they've done it's like a self right punishment. but it's interesting because andor is uh, cassian is the flip of the rebellion side whereas you know uh crosshair is the like what he's done with the empire willingly um, yeah but um but yeah i mean th there's there's not a whole lot of specific content to talk about this episode um but it's it's just a really good uh scene setter and i was locked in um i i really enjoyed the opening as well the kind of the the cold open of getting these tk troopers flying in for a shipment in this rainstorm yeah uh I'll be honest, immediately, the first thing I thought was I was like, are they on Exegol? Like, I, oh, I just from the, I was like, I was like, I was like, I was like, it didn't, I'm like, it's, I was like, we only see Exegol a couple of times. There's like, maybe it rains here, but I saw the lightning strikes and I was like, this is weird. And then I was like, oh no, it's not. I did think that the, um, there was some ties to heir to the empire where there's a, like the creature mm -hmm. that yells out to scare the lurkas. I thought that was a, a creature from heir to the empire called a Vorn skier. Um, <laughs> but it, it's not, uh, they, the, uh, the subtitles when we do get an episode three, I think they call it, it's like a, like a Pyrax or something like that is what they call mm -hmm. it. Um, so it's a different creature. That's fine. I don't really care. Um, 
but yeah, the first episode um, really good. Um, but it uh it it ends with uh essentially uh, Omega learning that Batcher is going to be uh, terminated, mm-hmm. euthanized, um because Batcher was domesticated, and so yeah. uh, Omega lets Batcher go, um and then Hemlock and Emery uh show up after having learned this. Uh, and, um, Hemlock basically tells her, like, you're, this, this does nothing. Um, she's just going to go out there and die. Now that she's domesticated, uh, Mm -hmm. Batcher is going to get killed. Um, and, uh, actually earlier, um, Emery had taken, um, Omega's doll. And at the end of the episode, Emery shows up, uh, after, uh, Omega's, uh, some of her privileges were, were stripped. Um, that she was confined to her room for a while and like her freedoms. Uh, and also Hemlock knows that, that Omega has been going to see Crosshair because of course she, of course he knows. Yeah. Um, but, uh, Emery leaves the doll behind Emery, mm-hmm. it, which is like, that's another, it, it's some, some interesting setup later on. I, I really want to see where Emery's character will yes. go. Yeah. Um, because clearly there is some form of connection there. Um, I think it was in this episode as well that uh, Omega had had basically said something along the lines of "I always wanted a sister." Yes, um, which I I really think um, maybe started pulling at the heartstrings of Emery. Uh, but what we will see, we will yeah, see. Yeah, we don't know much about Emery, and you know, clearly she has she has advanced aging, whereas Omega does not. Um, right. and, and I want to know like the context more about her character, like how long she has been around. Like, is she technically older than Omega or is she younger than Omega? Um, and yeah, like, I mean, it's literally, what was the point of her creation? Right. What was yeah. the, like, like, I think she said something along the lines of Hemlock seeing purpose or potential in her mm-hmm. as Nala say found potential in Omega. And yeah. so I'm wondering, like, was she created for uh, his purposes or, you know, maybe, or maybe like he, he took her from the, the Kaminoan labs for whatever reason. I don't know. And why does she um, have a, f- like, this is going to sound really weird, but why does she have a first and last name? Her name is Emery, yeah, Emery Carr. Carr. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and that's just, huh. unless that's just a, like a dubbing, th- but none of the clones have last names, right? Like on- the only, not even Omega has a last name. No, um, I mean, o- o- Omega is, technically a designation <laughs> yes yes she doesn't uh, ha- that's that's i mean has become her real name but i mean yeah. the only the only other clone that has a last name is boba you know and that's just yeah, and, and they called him alpha mm-hmm. uh, boba boba's name was given him by Django. so i'm yeah. wondering was emery's name given to her by someone else yeah. like what if she was called delta or something like that i mean who knows yeah it, Speaking of I, Delta, we'd seek Scorch still in season three. Still right there by, uh, by, right by Hemlock's side. side. Also, it remind me if this is in the first episode or the third episode, because they kind of blend together a little bit. Um, we do see one specific shot of one of those, that diehard Imperial dark armor trooper. There is one shot that we see, see him. Oh, one of the again. one of the the clone X subjects. Yeah, yeah, we see them. Uh, I believe guarding like a door as Omega walks by, and uh, it might be the same door that Nala say and Hemlock go into with the lasers where Project no- Necromancer's test subjects are at. But 
It's not the same one. It's some kind of a facility. I think it's in episode three. Okay. Yeah, I think it's in episode three. I'm, okay. I'm scrolling. I'm scrolling through episode it's one. It's very, very brief, and I was like, "Huh, I wonder if that'll come back up," and it never does. Um, does it? Yeah. Th- I think that's episode three. Did you? Do you remember if the person looked like the one that we see in the trailer? Uh, it's the same armor. It's it's the thing that I've dubbed is just kind of the clone X armor because that's what yeah. the that's what's the Star Wars official website called the assassin from okay. season two. Um, that it's just that clone X armor. Mm, okay. Um, so I think it's the same. It, if it's not the same person, it's like the same type of trooper. I wonder how um, many of those clone X troopers there are because we really don't yeah. know many of them. A- as far as we know. There are two. There's the one that died in season two, mm-hmm. and then there's the one that we see right now. Um, yeah. So that's really all we know at the moment. It's interesting. Um, I think it's definitely an experimental type of trooper. Yeah, there's um, no way it would just be some regular clone, you know? Um, yeah. I, I think it has a lot to do with just what they're doing to the troopers right now. Yeah. Um. But there's also a lot of experiments going on on Tantus right now. It's not just Project Necromancer. So, well, that um, leads us into. We'll go. I guess go in and, unless you have any other parting thoughts. Episode one of episode uh, two. Uh, all I all I have left to say is that episode one ends with Omega uh, clutching her doll in her room with Batcher howling uh, in the distance on the the down ship, yeah. which I think was just a great juxtaposition. Um, but yeah, on to episode two. Yeah, well, you were saying that they're working on plenty of experiments. One of one such experiment, I'll go ahead and just lay it out there. Is the is these these kind of creeper vines that little uh, vines? Yeah, that it's are like slither vines. I think that's what they're slither called. vines. Yes, um, and they they end they're like fully sentient because then they end up later on when. Uh, and we'll go back to kind of the beginning of the episode, but they end up oh. turning into these like head crab things. It makes me, that, it made me think of the flood just a little bit. It, right. Yeah. I, I was thinking <laughs> flood and like half life. It was very creepy. And then yeah. we get that weird, that giant slither sarlacc pit. Slither sarlacc. Yeah. yeah. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> that, that sounds like a star Wars character name. No, it's the slither, slither sarlacc. <laughs> it sounds like a, uh, like a star Wars wrestler name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Or like a, you know what? It sounds like a pod racer name, dude. Oh my and god! Slither Sarlacc coming up to the track. <laughs> oh, Slither Sarlacc lost his couplers. <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be great. Make us the, <laughs> we, we need, someone needs to like superimpose. If, if I bet Connor or somebody could do this, somebody needs to like superimpose our faces on the announcer dudes <laughs> from the Phantom Menace, where we're like. Just oh my god, <laughs> that would be that would be really really good. One of us is just Maybe. speaking guys and the other person's like got that radio announcer voice. <laughs> okay, well well, who would be the guy that would that would speak Hutties though? <sighs> Probably me, because I'm. Oh, stupid. but no, no one I need to. <laughs> you are better at speaking recited Hutties though, so I don't know. I, I love just sounding uh, like like manic Hutties. It's just oh no, why? That's this is so funny to me. You see so um, many aliens speaking Hutties. Anyway, anyway, anyway. Episode batch. two. Um, episode two. Go back to the beginning. We start off with uh, Hunter and Wrecker uh, delivering um, a very important 
but a, a VIP, very important Pike, <laughs> um, <laughs> to the uh, to 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 the Durans, um, yeah. and our and our good old uh, one horn Duran guy from season one. Yeah, I um, didn't know that. I forgot that those characters were from season one until recently, and I was like, oh, I did not remember that. So it's another it's another thing that that these shows do where it shows you like the interconnectivity, especially like in the later seasons, that kind of gives payoff to the episode of the week kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but either way, uh, I was so happy to just see more world building about different crime syndicates. Yeah. Like this this Durand um almost like throne room like trial room where where the uh the the defendant or more more like the the persecuted it stands yeah. on a laser field yeah um and if if they're guilty you know you just press a button and they fall Drops down into the um, abyss. and i thought to myself uh because like the, there's two buttons right next to each other one of them drops them the other one uh lets the uh the bridge come out and mm -hmm. i was like i was like man what if she accidentally pressed the wrong one <laughs> and so like the guy falls but he intended to survive she intended for him to survive anyway yeah um but yeah you there's like some kind of dissidence going on in in their uh rule or whatever so we see that first uh, just to kind of set up that a guy could die through the the trapdoor laser field yeah. and then hunter and wrecker come in escorting the very important pike um, and yeah, you're right. They, they've got this dilapidated armor. Um, they, it looks very roughed up, which is interesting to me because it's only been about five or six months. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it kind of puts you on, it, it kind of gave me this idea of, well, season one and season two were like, you know, those were pretty extended periods of time and the armor didn't get all messed up like that. Well, they're probably not taking care of themselves. Yeah. Um, they're probably spending, I mean, they are spending every waking hour looking for Omega. Um, and they don't, I mean, now that it's a two man squad, they have to focus on, I mean, like they're, they're doing a bunch of different jobs. You see Hunter himself taking on Tech's job, sitting in Tech's chair right next to his goggles, trying to decipher different navigational data. And like, yeah. he's putting his hand in his head, like, man, I don't know what this is, you know? Um, <laughs> I don't do math. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, with, with Wrecker, of all people, being uh, the, the voice of reason, saying Rex and Echo won't be able to join us for another two rotations, I think we should wait. And Hunter's like, we gotta go now. Yeah. Omega's waited long enough. Um, so yeah just some really good opening stuff there and mm -hmm. uh yeah it's like it's like you said i think argue, i think it is my my least favorite of the three but it's not bad at all i, I yeah. think it just it suffers from the same thing <laughs> that uh season two suffers which it's like uh is it a crosshair episode <laughs> you know yes. um it's followed up by this amazing like just really well crafted storytelling episode of of of, I mean, the first episode is, is full of basically just only slow moments. And then the right. episode two is like, you know, it's that classic adventure of the week that we're used to with these animated shows. And I love that. That's something that's so yeah. like so intrinsic to Star Wars. Um, but I will say I, I like the this one specifically because it feels like it's a for a specific purpose. We have to find the coordinates to be able to find wherever Omega is at. So we found this old Imperial base. We got this. Yeah. We got this data from the Durans. We know it's on this planet. Hopefully it'll be a bite and we'll go there and we'll, we'll go on. Um, and that yeah. feels a, a lot of times in Bad Batch, it was just like, uh, it's Sid being like, I got another job for you, you know? And you're like, oh, <laughs> they're like just doing this stupid stuff because Sid sucks. 
And if she shows up in this season, I hope she dies. Like <laughs> she's she's yeah. Please never show her in, to me ever again. <laughs> I unfortunately I think she will come back. Um, I hope she I, shows up. He's just like, I hope you guys forgive me. He's like, just like shoots her. <laughs> I help. I hope to find goggles or what, whatever. Um, like, oh my god. I I think yeah. I think there there might be some semi redemption for her. Um, but yeah, you're, you're you're right. It does feel different. Um, that it in in that it is not inherently the adventure of the week kind of thing. Um, I think this is also, uh, well, I mean, also like chiefly just because they, the narrative is that they are looking for Omega. So that's what this is. It's not like if they immediately found her, mm -hmm. all that tension would kind of go away. Yeah. Kind of like the, how another show that I know. I was uh, literally about to say that. <laughs> yeah. About Grogu. Yeah. 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 Um, so, uh, I think, I think that it's 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 good um mm -hmm. and also you I mean even though it's not on tantus i still really enjoyed it as an episode and because, also even the kid the kid clones yeah i was literally about to say because of the kid clones um the two of them are differently voiced but i think one of them is voiced by daniel daniel logan uh mox um, the, the mox. eldest one is yeah, yeah daniel logan um which is which is neat and yeah. uh I think that 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 whole dynamic there was very interesting. We got we got some payoff as to where the clone cadets were being sent off to uh, in, in season uh, one. In season one, um, and it turns out they were being sent off to be experimented on and then abandoned. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, that was some that was some cool stuff there. I love to see uh, it. Yeah, we we got some more insight on just additional supplemental labs for Hemlock. Yeah. Uh, Who knows just, how many are out there? Exactly. Who knows how many other labs were they messing around with something? And then they were like, oh, we got to abandon this. We got to orbital bombard, you know, mm -hmm. orbital bombard the place. Um, it makes me think of some information that was, I think, relayed in the Aftermath books um, mm -hmm. where Palpatine had like vaults or specific like labs around the galaxy. And it makes like, me think uh, that like he abandoned some, but then others are still out there. Right. Yeah, it's like the uh, the vault that that Luke and Dell go to in Battlefront mm -hmm. Two. You know, when, yeah. when Luke's looking for the compass. Uh, there's a lot of these different Empire caches, uh, which I'm not going to talk about this in length, but I'm just going to mention. Um, since our last episode, the a, a Mandalorian uh, single player game has been announced that's in the works yes, by Respawn, and I think it'd be really cool to maybe find some Imperial caches or whatever. Even Absolutely. Though it is, uh, yeah, even though it's during the time of the Empire, you know, all the more it would just be very cool. Um, the, the Republic and the Empire is so vast, like, if this is... There has to be plenty more. Maybe some these. Republic caches, too. That'd be cool. Of course. Yeah. Or CIS I mean, we, caches. It makes me think of um, Jedi Survivor, where we had, like, little, like yeah. little air, especially on Kobo. Great um, game. You, yeah. I love that game. Uh, the High Republic vaults that you could mm -hmm. find, like, oh, something so good, like that. So good. That's You could do that in the Mando game, right? You could find, like, maybe you could explore, oh. like, High Republic Old Mandalorian vaults. Man, yeah, dude. Old Mandalorian too. Because I know that game, we're getting a little sidetracked, but it's worthy news to talk about that that game will be a very heavily inspired by Dark Forces, um, but it will be a right. Mandalorian first person shooter. Although knowing Respawn, I imagine they might let you change. If, if it's going to be inspired by Dark Forces, um, that game could... has the ability to switch uh, or Dark Forces 2 at, at least. Yeah. Yeah, if you could switch to third person, I'd be very grateful. 
Mm -hmm. uh, just because I love being able to see how cool my guy looks, especially if it is a customize your own Mandalorian kind of thing. You kind of want to see what he looks like. I hope it's like Uh, a thing where you play as a preset Mandalorian that has mm -hmm. a name, but you get to customize them. Kind of like a Jedi Academy. Uh, or Cal, yeah, that's true. That's a good point. Yeah. I was thinking of of Jedi Academy where you had Jaden and you could customize what species and stuff he was. That obviously you probably would be one species, but being able to just customize your base helmet because there's several variants of like right. Um, you may even just be a voiceless character, which would be fine with me. Well, they did. Uh, they, they they did say that. Um, it is going to be a linear storyline, so it's not going to be open world. It's going to be like mm-hmm. level by level. So what I assume is that there will be a, uh, a concocted narrative there. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Anyway, um, episode two. Uh, I don't really think there's a lot left to say. We talked um, about the the experiments. Uh, the the clones did come with them, and the um, they they were going. They thought about betraying them. They thought about just taking the ship and leaving the Marauder. Um, yeah. But they did come back to help them. Um, and then Hunter and Wrecker are like, we have a safe place for you. And so they send them yep. uh, or plan to take them to Pabu. Sending um, them to Pabu. Which gets me something in- intrigued to think that maybe, maybe not all of these clones die. Maybe some of them so. go out and, and retire to Pabu. You know? Pabu might just be this clone safe haven, you know? Yeah, which would be um, really cool. I would like that. And you know you know what's so interesting about that? Camino is where they're from, which is a water planet. Pabu is also uh, a water planet. It's like, for, like it's this yeah. neat parallel where Pabu is almost like this less depressing version of Camino, which I love Camino, don't get me wrong, but Pabu was very cultural and lively and and the people are are in a yeah. commune and, and, and just very it's a, friendly. It's, it's a naturalistic kind of take on Camino because Camino's mm-hmm. super like sterile and yeah. it's all laboratories all white whereas Babu is is warm and uh and and con- constructions communities that's very, a very good insight there I didn't yeah. notice that another little speculation there maybe uh we get some I mean I I doubt they those clone we know that like there are more clones out there besides Rex and Wolf and Gregor Kix. and Rebels Kix uh, is currently still in cryostasis Yep, uh, that's another one. There's so many clones. There's no way that all of them are gonna die. Um, so it would be intriguing to see, like maybe. Um, I, I still think that most of the bad batch will die, but. Um, unfortunately, yeah. Would yeah. be wild if they lived, though. I wouldn't be upset. Yeah, um, it just d- depends on how they explain that. But yeah, so that's that's really the episode. Um, and it was nice to to kind of fill in those gaps with the you know with no tech and no crosshair and no echo. They got three other clones instead to help them yeah. out, right? Well, and, it's, uh, uh, it's just more loyalty, more loyalty mm-hmm. between brothers, brothers helping each other out. And they and um, that one, I don't remember his name, um, but that goes with them initially. He he respects them a lot, you know, yeah, Deke. even for being Deke, I think. Yeah, there was Mox, Deke, and what is the other one? Uh, I'm not sure. I think it starts with an H. Um, yeah, I don't remember. I don't know. All right. So overall, uh, episode two was 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 still enjoyable. Yeah. I loved dropping an entire crate of explosives into the dude, the just <laughs> <slit of> Sarlacc. <laughs> um, absolutely lowering the frame rate of that planet. Yeah, um, <laughs> just <laughs> they're flying away. It's like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, man, but hey, they, they solved the problem. Maybe I actually don't think it died, but we'll see. Uh, 
Who knows? And uh, yeah, we're on to episode three, uh, Shadows of Tantis. I um, like this episode. I like which, this episode uh, a lot. Yeah, this episode is real good. Um, mm -hmm. It starts off with uh, Omega getting another blood sample, um, and it is revealed that uh, Mount Tantis is having a visitor. Um, that someone is going to visit, but there's all a buzz, there's more troopers. Um, and because of this, it's Nala says it's Max Reva. Oh dude, Max Reva. <laughs> He's like It's C it's CO Bibble, CO Bibble's <laughs> coming to Mount Tantis. Um How's CO doing anyway? He's dead. Probably. Um <laughs> uh, but uh it's it, because of this surprise visit, Nala say uh, is going to be absent for her duties, and so therefore Emery will take over, and Emery will not be able to dispose of uh, Omega's blood sample because Emery doesn't know about it, and Emery's doing her job. Um, yep. And uh, yeah, that there is some immediate tension in there. Um, and uh, the ticking, Omega, the ticking clock, man. Yeah, but it's actually uh, we actually get a really cool moment where Nala say is uh, is is relaying this to Omega. Um, mm -hmm. Hemlock's like, like Nalase, we, we, we gotta go, like our visitor's here, but Nalase is like, you need to get my data pad and find a ship and leave. Yeah. Um, and I just think it's really interesting of just how much she cares about yeah. Omega because it, it, correct me if I'm wrong, isn't Nalase the same Kaminoan that outdid my boy fives? I, I, I want to say Time research because if she is, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure that she is. Um, I, I'm wondering what changed her mind. Probably the, the, the genocide of <laughs> the Kaminoans. Yeah, um, maybe she's like, oh, that's not... It's exactly. like, oh, wait a second, maybe not so good. Um, Let's see here. I'm looking. Battle Camino. Battle of Umbara. The biochip conspiracy. Ringo Venda. Let's see here. Tup. Yep, yep, yep about all that i watched the clone wars wikipedia Jeez. yep uh despite nalase's insistence that fives was suffering from paranoia and mental degradation palpatine requested to speak to the soldier alone to hear his story in further detail so yes it was nalase secretly injected fives barely conscious due to his stress of his impromptu surgery yeah maybe yeah maybe nalase uh realized change of heart yeah or maybe it's i mean omega really is her Kind of like her kid, in a way. Yeah, she was like her protector. Like, mm -hmm. uh, and I'll say it was like her her protector. Um, and her her it was uh Omega was her assistant. It, yeah. It's it's natural that she probably grew very fond of yeah. Omega. However, um, this once again just kind of begs the question: What about Omega? Is is making this work because they are trying to uh to ver ver verbatim they are trying to produce a. Uh, a form of uh, M count transfer, and obviously M count, we know it's metachlorian count. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh. And this is for Project Necromancer. That uh, what it seems is that they're trying to transfer. Um. Uh. They're, they're trying to see how much uh, metachlorian count can be transferred from one body to the other. Trying to see mm -hmm. if Palpatine can live because he's like, I'm getting wrinkly. I need to, <laughs> I need to find some some longevity yeah. here. Um. But speaking of Palpatine. He is now on Tantus. Uh, yep. We see that uh, we see his shuttle come down. Actually, I think is this the first time we see royal guards in uh, this kind of animation style? They might be in some of the earlier seasons, but I want to say so. It is either way. 
Very cool. You love yeah. seeing those guys. Um, cloth physics and simulation on Palpatine's robes and yeah. their robes are very good. Yeah. Um, and we've got, uh, once more, we've got Scorch, Hemlock's right-hand man, just right, right next to Palpatine, which, like, I know that that's not all that special from, you know, fans that haven't played Republic Commando. But, like, to me, it's just so weird with how much emphasis they are putting on scorch as like a tertiary antagonist yeah and i'm like man they what are they gonna do with him they didn't have to make him right scorch. it could just be another guy they could have ha- yeah. they, they they could have just had scorch show up in uh how we saw him in in season one and never mm-hmm. see him again but he's shown up time and time again and, and it's only getting more, and more prevalent the paint job which still is still got the paint job yeah, like he's the, one of the only ones that works for the Empire that still has the the colored armor, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's and he's has a presence. I don't remember if in season two, I I do think we hear hear him speak, but you know he does speak we in do. in yeah. his D's voice still, um, which would be weird if they got the voice actor from the game because you're like that doesn't sound like a New Zealand guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, man, you sound really... like Cartho Nassi. You sound like Cartho Nassi. Um. But uh, yeah, I guess on on Palpatine, there is this one thing that I've noticed uh, ever since Tales of the Jedi mm-hmm. that they do with Palpatine in this animation style uh, that I absolutely adore. That when the camera is focused on Palpatine, you notice that like he almost just kind of has like a very straight looking um, demeanor about his face. Like mm-hmm. he, like he almost just has this very static face of just, uh, I don't, I don't know. Like it's just the, the way that he looks, he does not look human, not even mm. in the sense of, um, not, not even in, in the sense of like, uh, just how his face is deformed. Um, but also just how he wears very little expressions on his face. Yeah. Um, he's not expressive, but then you'll always see that moment where like, there's the subtle smirk. Yeah. Um, it's like we, we we love Palpatine, man. I believe and, he does smirk when he sees what's in the tube, right? Yeah, and what's in yeah. the tube, man? I mean, is it just a Palpatine clone, or you know, who knows? Text, <laughs> text mean, body that's being the, infused with M count. I mean, I, I mean, in my mind, it's got to be some variation of Snoke. That's yeah. what I think. Uh, yeah. I mean, th- there's also t- there's like not tons, but there's probably a good thirty or forty of these tanks in this room. Yeah, um, speaking of this room, it looks very Sith oriented. I mean, I'm like, almost positive we see like runes on the yeah, floor. Yeah, yeah. So I was talking about this on um on Dark Side Secrets this past Wednesday briefly with them and uh and I think there's a little deviation, but I think the runes that we see are very similar to the ones that we the Zephonian ones that we see yeah. in Ahsoka. I was yeah. going to say, like, it kind of looks like the Zepho stuff. Yeah, which makes um, me think more reverence or connection to possibly, you know, ancient Zepho or like the... Kujet? Kujet possibly yeah. being one of, like, one of the oldest Sith Lords or something like that, which would be very Man. interesting. Um, really cool stuff. But, um, yeah, the, this room, very evil. All black and Super red. Super evil. Black and yeah. red. It reminds By me like a, a lot million of lasers. Yeah, it reminds me a lot of also the temple on Malachor. Um, yeah, the, that's a the, that's the a good re- point. Heavy, kind of like Vader's glowing, castle too. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, they got, the Sith got a trend, I guess. Fortress Inquisitorius. We we got a lot going on there. Yeah. Um, and uh, in the meantime, uh, our good friends Omega and Crosshair are currently breaking out. Yeah. Um. They, they, so I've been seeing, I guess, maybe not a complaint, but people are like asking around if others think that they escaped too easily. I didn't think that in when I was watching it. I feel like it was kind of the perfect storm. Well. Here's the thing. I mean, we're, we're I guess I'll, I'll be getting a little bit ahead of ourselves here. Mm -hmm. um, but they let them go at the end. Yes. Um, they they could have been shot down and destroyed. Mm -hmm. uh, but ultimately, they let them go because Emery finds out that Omega's sample is uh, gives a positive result of a transference mm -hmm. of M count. And uh, I think it is. Not in an effort to out Omega, but in an effort to preserve Omega's life. Mm -hmm. Emery is like, don't shoot them down. We need them. Her results positive. And Hemlock's like, let them get away. Yeah, like, I got all the resources I, I need. Again. <laughs> Which is actually, uh, it, uh, here, here I go again. It, it's in this scene, um, Scorch uh, actually just kind of bites back just a little bit. Where he's yeah. like, where he's like, but they're, but they're getting away, you know? Um, yeah. and I don't, I, I don't know. Like it's not, it's, it's not even that big of a deal, but finally seeing Scorch have just a little bit of emotion in there. Um, do you and, think they, now I know we had a th the theory that the rest of Delta squad might be with these other Imperials, but do you think they'll send the entire squad after, after them? Like when, we're not doing this he, again. Yeah. When he said, I have all the resources I need. I was like, man, what if he sat, sent out Delta squad? I, that would be wild. <laughs> I am <laughs> expecting so at the very least, another meeting between Hemlock and various other Imperials. And I, I would at the very least expect Gideon and the rest of maybe Delta squad or something. I think that's going to happen. Something, something is going to, Oh, it's just, it's just going to be really big. That would really be a big. really interesting way also to plant the seeds of what Gideon is doing in season three of be, that taking, like he doesn't have an interest in cloning, but then what he sees in with what Hemlock is doing. Not mm -hmm. that he's like, Oh, what's this cloning now? He's just kind of like, Hmm. Okay. Project Necromancer, you say? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Necromance me, please. I'd like um, to be live. Yeah, so uh, I would love that. So here's the, it's, and this episode is a lot more, I would say, kind of tense action where, you know, Palpatine yeah. oh, seems yeah. pretty pleased with the results. Um, but, you know, Hemlock seems like he wants a promotion. Um, yeah. What Imperial doesn't want a promotion, I guess? <laughs> yes, Palpatine has cultivated uh, this system of kind of like skullduggery and backstabbing and yes. you know, doing yeah. whatever you need to get what you want. It's the uh, same and, thing with Krennic where he's like, so you'll tell the Emperor uh, like about this success then or whatever. Yeah, he basically, I don't remember specifically what he says, um, but he's that he basically tells that to Palpatine that he's like, you know, like I'll, I'll get some new digs eventually. Right. Or something yeah, like that. And Palpatine yeah. pauses and he's like, all in, in due, due time. time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, uh, it's just enough to, uh, like fuel the flame for Hemlock, but not, yeah. not much of a promise. And so Hemlock yeah. smiles. He's like, I'm going to be getting all my new digs and stuff like that. Yeah. But Palpatine's always the guy moving the pieces. He's got other um, things to deal with, man. 
He doesn't yeah. care about your promotion. He'll do it if he has to, but like every now and again, like his the the Imperials are like his dogs, and and every now and again he gives him a piece of steak. He's like, yeah, fine, yeah, whatever. There, there, there is some some interesting things here though, because like a big piece of steak that Palpatine gives Hemlock is that he calls him a genius, um, yeah. and I think being called a genius by Palpatine, as terrible as Palpatine is, that would kind of make that's me high, feel good about myself. That's high but, praise, yeah. Um, and and so it kind of made me think, like just in like a, a theorize, uh, like I just wanted me to theorize. I'm like, there is a, despite how it looks. There is a lot of progress being made in Project Necromancer right now. Whether we want to believe it or not, uh, Hemlock is a scientific genius, you know? Mm -hmm. So what happens that makes this project stalled? Specifically, is it because they don't end up capturing Omega? Or also, is it because Hemlock dies and they don't have the science mind that they need to continue the project? Um, maybe something happens to Mount Tantus. No idea. Um, either way, that this project ends up being relocated to Exegol. So yeah, what's going on here? It's just making me think like where, cause like I, I love seeing these connected pieces um, because even though we all feel our own ways about the sequel trilogy, seeing project necromancer being referenced in this show is making my brain happy because we're right. connecting the dots here. Listen, I'll tell um, I'm the sequels aren't going anywhere. I am not the type of person to be like, oh, you redo the sequels. Like, just start it from the ground up. We have yeah. them. Just make them... Y you have to retroactively make them better, and you can do that, you know? Give it the Clone Wars the, treatment. Just do I it. Was about to, I was about to say, the two things, and they're already doing it right now with Bad Batch, one of them is the Palpatine thing. The second thing is... Well, actually, it's three things, right? They're setting uh -huh. up kind of the, the dogma of the New Republic, right? And how yep. it fell so easily to the First Order. We're seeing the teases of the First Order in Mandalorian. We're seeing mm -hmm. how Palpatine is coming back and how Snoke is being created through this show. And then the last pissing, missing puzzle piece is Luke Skywalker, which is kind of showing a little bit more of how he becomes a little bit more cynical and and less uh -huh. like how we know him in Return of the Jedi. That stuff alone, I could then watch the sequels and be like, okay, so I like, actually right. enjoy this. Yeah, yeah all right. Yeah, yeah. I'm, like, I'm okay to I'm okay to let him cook right now because it smells good. You know, I'm down yeah. for it. It was, the, I'm, and I'm, like I'm you right said, it was it. the same thing with Clone Wars, right? Where the, that mm -hmm. was the biggest thing is they were like, I do not believe that this. This Anakin Skywalker guy came went from this to dark to Darth Vader from yeah. episode two to episode three like this. Like what happened in Clone Wars is the definitive companion piece to show you, hey, here's more. This is all that's happened in these three years. He was done really dirty by the council and had a lot of stuff going on. This is how he falls, right? Like, uh, and, and so getting stuff like that, again, I know it is kind of frustrating as a Star Wars fan because you'll like something new will come out and then you're like, this now has to be explained due to poor writing. Yeah. But Brad Rao and Jennifer <laughs> Corbett and Dave Filoni and John Favreau and all of those guys. They, they get Star they, Wars. They do. I mean, and I, they're working. Yeah. I really appreciate what they what they do, man. And like scrolling through episode three, like I see this still right now of uh, Hemlock and Scorch and, and Nala Say. And I'm just like, man, that looks so good. I'm so happy to be watching this right now. Um, animation, the Clone Wars animation style has truly, I mean, it's, I mean, I think it's only going to get better, but it has really hit its peak. 
Yeah, uh, it's, with... it's just so good, which is why I don't want them to stop making these shows for the foreseeable future. I don't, yeah. I mean, I'm thankful at the very least that we'll be getting Tales of the Jedi Season 2. Mm-hmm. That's something. Like, I'm really glad for that. But, man, what's going to happen after Bad Batch Season 3? Are we going to get, like, a Galactic Civil War era show? Which would be, I mean, very cool. Give me a um, Luke, dude. I'll, just give me a Luke Skywalker show, bro. Luke Skywalker show? Yeah. That would I'm be telling cool you, too. like, that's so the cool. best way to do it without the Uncanny Valley stuff. Keep it in that really awesome animation style. You could bring in Mark Hamill to do the voice. You know, yeah. he's already a voice actor. Just, you can de age it just slightly, just to make him sound yeah. a little bit younger. Yeah. And there you go. That's, like, that's or it. Or just right have there. the guy that voices him in uh, Mandalorian. Does a great job. I mean, uh, it, it's like a hybrid. Mark Hamill is the voice in The Mandalorian. Oh, uh, yeah, it's it just, is kind of like a weird. It's like a hi- they, yeah. they did some voice modulation. Same thing with um in Kenobi with James Earl Jones, where they took his. That was kind of like the last thing that he did. Yeah. Um, it's like but, a weird uh, Frankenstein type thing. Yeah, it's like some just synthesization and stuff. Or, but. I mean, honestly, man, if they want to do it, because I mean, they, they, they did it with, with Matt Lantern and James Arnold Taylor, like just give us an animation voice. You know, <laughs> I'm fine with that sure. too. Oh, I mean, there's um, plenty of people that can do a Luke Skywalker voice. You yeah, know, yeah, I'd, um, I'd be okay with it. They did it. A, they did it for Leia what, and Rebels. Who know? did it in Battlefront Two? Is that Matt Mercer? Uh, yes, yeah, it yeah. Was Matt Mercer. He did. He did, he did a good job. I'd love yeah, to see him I, more included in the Star Wars family. I actually um, think that would be a really good casting. Um, um, there's already one guy in the Critical Role crew that is very consistently in Star Wars already. I believe he was in these three episodes and I'm drawing a blank. He voices a lot of stormtroopers. Um is it Liam? Uh I think yeah, I think I think it is Liam. I think I know who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah he, that would be that would be he's, good. He's in a lot of background voices like you have those people. Um I know we're getting off off tangent. Um but yeah, like I'm very excited to see where the rest of the season goes and yeah. episode three was was really great also i just want to speaking more on palpatine ian mcdermott oh i love that guy i Man. love him so much i'm so glad that he is that the animation has has elevated so much because you know he wasn't always palpatine in those original shows right it wasn't until rebels that he came in to do that and i'm so glad now that like if they want him they got him, you know. They got him. He he does such a, a fantastic job. He really hams it up. Every He's at that age time. now where it just sounds perfect. It's very you know? just like it's just that that emperor growl. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so it's so so good, and you can tell that he puts his all into every single time he voices it, which mm-hmm. I'm really glad to hear because uh, if I recall, Ian McDermott is a uh, is is a uh, Shakespearean type actor. Yeah. Um, and typically, from what I've seen, a lot of those older school actors uh, don't have, uh, I wouldn't say like respect, but they don't have a lot of like knowledge of the field of voice acting. But yeah. Ian really just comes into this with like, this is just another Palpatine role, man. Yeah. And I mean, I, I love it every single time. But Palpatine's um, one of the best is, parts of the Bad Batch, just, say, just saying. Like, it is. His appearance in season, in, in, in one, it's mainly Revenge of the Sith style stuff. Uh, and then season two with his presence in the Senate. And now this, it's just great. Well, it's another thing too, that like when I was watching Palpatine get off that, uh, that shuttle, I just thought to myself, like, I wonder where Vader is. Like, I don't know why. Like, yeah, I, I just, I think about it every single time because at Bad Batch, uh, season one, episode one, when, when, uh, 
when you when the batch is watching palpatine give his speech right at that exact same time anakin slaughtering the separatists on mustafar and mm. you just I love just watching these scenes where there is something else happening at the same time that it just tells you about how wide and just how big the galaxy is. So I'm it's like, like that supercut with all of the Order 66 happening yes, at the same exactly, time. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And like I see Palpatine and Bad Batch, I'm like, man, it would be absolutely wild to just see a silent Vader at his heel. Don't even have Vader talk, it's, just have it's a It's gonna happen. I, the, yeah. the fact that that model exists, and granted, they probably will do future shows. The fact right. that that model was crafted for Clone Wars Season 7, it has to happen. Again, even if he was just standing there, kind of like what Scorch has been doing, that's yeah. fine with me. That would get people hyped, because it's just... It's too good of a model to, to not use. Well, when... There is something very specific about using these characters, uh, and I think it, it also kind of gives credence to the success of Rogue One and Andor uh, for me, mm -hmm. where when you see these characters like Palpatine and Vader and whatnot, and it's outside of the main trilogy in a sense that you are looking at them through the perspective of an everyday character. Like, mm -hmm. I'm not going to say Hemlock is an everyday character, but he's just a guy. He's not mm -hmm. like a supreme being in this like play of the galaxy he wasn't in the main story right or like just a clone's perspective seeing palpatine show up there is so much weight and gravitas around these main characters showing up which is really when a cameo feels well and truly earned that's yeah. that that's when when vader shows up in the hallway scene in rogue one it's different than seeing him in any of the other movies because in Rogue One, you're looking at it from boots on the ground. You're looking at yeah. it from the perspective of a soldier. Vader is a demon, you mm -hmm. know? Uh, and so just seeing them really changes the game. It makes it, each scene so much better. Yeah. Um, however, this is not everything that happened in season, in, in episode three. Uh, mm -hmm. We I, just but before before we close, uh, we can talk a little bit about Omega and Crosshair's escape. Um, yeah. which I just think was a lot of fun to watch, especially when they initially started escaping. Um, and like, uh, <laughs> I think Crosshair asked some sort of question or like Omega was like, yeah, there's a lot of people for uh, here for some reason. And then like they hear on the comms that the Emperor's here and, and Crosshair is like, this was the worst time to, yeah. <laughs> to, to, to stage an escape plan. Um, which like just seeing his, uh, his frustration, but but it's really great to see the dynamic with Omega and Crosshair because uh, she has bonded with all of her brothers now, but she never really got the chance to see it with Crosshair. No. And it's really good to see that happen. Um, and, and calling back to what he said, he's like, oh, if I had the chance to escape to leave, like, and leave you, I would do it in a heartbeat. As soon as she tells him, he starts to comply with the plan. She starts to hack in. The troopers go over there. The door gets open. He takes them out. And he doesn't even, like, keep, like, he's not like, all right, see you, kid. You know, he literally yeah. is like, he give, picks up a rifle and gives it to her. And exactly. And it's like, we're in this together sort of thing. It's this Well, there's another thing, too, is that when they're in the forest being chased down, and like she 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 trips, he could keep running. They were they were in a moment where like if he had kept running, like she would be bait and he probably would have gotten away at least a certain amount of time. But he picks her up by the arm and helps her go. Yeah. Like, yeah, my guy, my guy was lying. Of course he would save her. Of course yeah. he would. He was just saying that to get her to fend for herself. Mm -hmm. Um 
And it's also really cool that when they reach the uh, the, the shuttle uh, and they're about to get closed in on, he's like, did they ever teach you uh, Plan 72? Yeah. Um, and Omega says, uh, yes, I memorized all of them. Tech made me uh, do that. And he's like, of course he did. Yeah, um, <laughs> great. And uh, Plan 72 seems to be uh, hijacking uh, an enemy force's shuttle in order to escape with it. Mm-hmm. Um, or some sort of... Uh, uh, hook hook line and sinker tactic to uh to, to get yeah. the enemy confused because because um, remind me i'm i'm compl- I, I know i just watched it like literally two days ago but remind me they run out there to the shuttle because mm-hmm. the shuttle's been crashed for a while they can't fly that one correct but they use that right. to lure in another one uh so they so so they went to the shuttle because omega thought that um they could use the comms to radio hunter uh-huh. Um, but there's jammers in the area because of course there are, you know, like yeah. Mount Tantus is literally invisible. Um, and, uh, they weren't able to do anything with that. So, uh, there, the, uh, the, the energy signature from the shuttle, because they were trying mm-hmm. to use the comms, uh, essentially alerted the empire to where they were. Mm-hmm. And so they landed their shuttle. Um, or they, they, they had essentially gotten this. Yeah. Right. So the shuttle yep. shows up and it drops those guys on the cables. Yep. Um, and then while Omega is, uh, distracting this squad, Crosshair goes up the line and hijacks the shuttle. And then, uh, Omega with Batcher is able to, uh, get yeah. up there and escape. Cause all the um, Lurka hounds chase them. But then that giant creature, the Pyrex or whatever yeah. it's called shows up and it fends off. And then Batcher comes in clutch and they, they get out I'm of there. S- I'm so glad that Batcher is okay, man. Uh, that I, just makes me Batcher really happy. Batcher is adorable, dude. Yeah. She is so cute. Um, So, uh, as we said before, as they're about to escape, uh, Emery reveals uh, that uh, the transference to um, Omega's blood sample was positive, and so they do not need to shoot her down because it's been months and she's the only one that has worked. Hemlock's like fine we gotta we gotta keep her i have i have all the resources i need we will get her again just let her escape so crosshair batcher and omega escape mount tantus and i gotta say i did not expect that to happen so soon in the season i thought that mount tantus was going to be like you know the place for like the entirety of the season and maybe it may still end there um but I didn't think they'd get away so fast. What do you think about that? Yeah, I thought it was going to at least be until the midway point yeah. of the, the season. Where I was like, that seems like a good point. We knew Crosshair was going to get out because we had seen various stills of him with Hunter and Wrecker. Right, um, yeah. Although in those shots, we never see Omega with them, which is interesting. Yeah. Um, so yeah. we know they're working as a team again. Um, but it, it now it makes me think that likely what has happened is Hunter and Wrecker as far as they know they still think that she's captured by Hemlock they don't know that they're gone so now it's going to be kind of this chase of Hunter and Wrecker trying to be like catching wind I'm assuming my guess for next week's episode is that this is where Fennec Shane will come into play Mm. Uh, and I believe they're going to try to use like they're going to get to that sector and be like okay we don't what like we can't find or they catch wind that she has escaped and they're like okay, well, now we have no idea where she's at. We need we, a bounty like, hunter, right? We need someone like, yeah, Finnick and Cad Bane found her yeah. before. Or Boba. Can, I mean, yeah. I'm just saying, Boba I, that, would be really cool. 
There's been a big theory because she has in the poster, she has this kind of hand crossbow that looks like it is made by Blast Tech. Right. It looks like a same EE kind of yeah. EE3, EE4 line. It doesn't look like, like it is the EE3. People are like, oh, Boba's going to give her that. I don't think so, but I do think it is a nice parallel to Boba. Yeah. Uh, and that still gives some credence to, I think, him showing up. Especially because Daniel Logan was in episode two as Mox. Right, and I think. In, well, I think it would also age. be a. I think it would be like a nice little connection there to Book of Boba Fett with Fennec Shand and Boba, like just mm -hmm. potentially establish some camaraderie there. Because I mean, clearly they 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 knew each other in some form. Mm -hmm. I think. Yeah. Um. So that would be cool. Uh, yeah. I honestly know Cat thought, is, is going to come into play as well. I don't think it'll be mm -hmm. next week quite yet. Could be wrong though. Yeah, I I honestly thought that uh, it was going to end up with like. Uh, crosshair escaping and Omega was going to get captured. Mm. I thought that that was what was going to happen. Mm, I really yeah. didn't expect the two of them to both escape. Um, it's possible that maybe she gets recaptured, maybe by Delta yeah. Squad. Um, and yeah. uh, and um, Crosshair ends up, you know, uh, getting getting back in gear and going back to Mount Tantus to, to mm -hmm. rescue. Um, so yeah, I guess we will see what happens. But yeah. Grayson, is there anything else for episode three? One thing, um, because I don't remember this, and I don't think I got any straight answers. I didn't do any research on it. So we were talking about the experimenting on these clones, right? The you referred mm -hmm. them these despondent clones that she's passing by on the daily, and Crosshair being one of them. Oh, he has this handshake. Yep, that was what I was gonna. I had forgotten to mention that. Yeah. S so. Maybe you can educate me on this. I don't. He didn't have that handshake thing before, did he? I, this is a new I, development. Yeah, I do not believe he had a tremor. Okay. Um, but for some reason he does now, and there's two reasons I can think of this. Mm -hmm. One is the testing that he's had to go through. He's been resistant to it. It's not making him mentally dulled. Yeah. Um, but it could be giving him a tremor. Uh, or two, uh, he's getting old. Mm. Um. And so uh, I'm honestly not sure, uh, but it is clearly affecting his like prowess because he was very clearly missing shots. I wonder if it's a, um, it, it is a side effect of him being a, um, I mean, him being not a standard clone, right? Like, yes, mm. he's obviously he's he has that advanced aging. You remember before he had a, oh. he had a shaved head, his hair was white. So it could be a side effect thing of like, oh, because he is such a crack shot, but it only lasts for so long. Now that's starting to wear off. I w yeah, I wonder if that actually has to do with the rest of the batch too. Yeah. That like their abilities will start to degrade as well as uh, their age. Yeah. It could be only it, a, it, like just a specific period of time. It's similar to um, people in real life that have... Um, like genetic dysfunctions or disabilities, like um, I like the tallest me man of Parkinson's. Yes, that's similar as well. I, I was also thinking of like uh, the wrestler, like on Andre the Giant, right? Like right. he had, like he had his condition, but it made him live a very, very short life. Maybe mm -hmm. that is it. Makes I mean, obviously, clones they have the advanced aging. I think eventually, from what I understand, it's like a weird snowball where like they age really fast, but then as they get older, it starts to slow down again. Yeah. Um, but it makes me think that because, yeah, they're part of like other than that Hunter, Wrecker and Crosshair might have this this condition that now that they're getting older. Um, but then I have one more thing that I want to talk about that I'm thinking of. Mm -hmm. 
And I guess it, it, it's we have to talk about it. it and that is, is Omega Force sensitive, or this that I, is that her is that her thing, like. So, I, as of right now, I'm not sure because I had watched uh, Star Wars Explains, um, kind of like recaps of the episodes as well. Mm-hmm. Um, just to you know, because I, I love hearing his thoughts on it, and yeah. like he's he's kind of making the supposition that like maybe it isn't that she's force sensitive, but maybe uh, her um, because because she, she she's a part of this experimental batch too, technically. Yeah. So this thing that has to do with her cloning, maybe it's not specifically of a, a testing of midichlorian count. Maybe it's just a it has something to do with it. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. I, I I really don't know. That's what makes it so interesting because, yeah. I mean, if if it was just to the point, right, where where Project Necromancer, you know, like let's say I, I, I'm almost positive that they have used a test subject with a high midichlorian count, right? Yeah. Um, because why wouldn't they? Of course, that would be like the best way to make that transference feasibly possible. They would have, and so Palpatine would have taken a Jedi, right? He would have gotten yeah. a Jedi and been like, just use their blood. Yeah. So what is it about Omega that makes this transference positive? Because, yeah, because that's the whole thing is that like it's not that she has a high M count; it's that she has a high M count that won't cause degradation. Yeah. So is yeah. it like what does it have to do with her blood? Is she like a, an easy vessel to transfer this into? Because like what it seems like is that the the goal is for Palpatine to potentially just take over her body, you know, like, like yeah. a soul transference, which is, mm-hmm. you know, what, what he basically ends up doing in Rise of Skywalker in a way. Yeah. Um, but like kind of reverse, uh, and he was going to do it with Ray as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. so yeah, I, I honestly don't know. It's a really good question. I can't wait for it to be potentially answered in season three. Yeah. Um, cause if it's not, that would be interesting, but Here's my my running theory with that is that maybe they use her blood. From what I understand, they Ray's father is not a pure clone of Palpatine. He's kind mm-hmm. of like a, a hybrid clone, right? So that's why yeah. the actor that plays him is not you know just like a CG Ian McDermott young face. I think or they call him like a Strand clone or something. Yes, he is a Strand cast clone. Um, yeah. and. It may might be interesting that like maybe they use that blood to with Palpatine's blood to to kind of create that and unfortunately that might be Ray's father and that fails right that there's no that he because he was trying to hunt that clone down um, because he escaped right and then he has that kid but it's Ray I don't know it's intriguing I don't it, it, people are also like oh what if Omega is Ray's mom she's not Ray's mom's white. Uh, <laughs> like Omega be, is yeah. is uh, and all the clones uh, are technically New Zealanders. So yeah, um, that's it's just a really interesting supposition. M- imagine they just go like, oh yeah, uh, um, Omega is actually a, a strand cast clone of Palpatine using the genetic makeup of Django, <laughs> which would be like, well, she does have her hair. Okay, this is gonna sound weird. She's one of the only like. From what I understand, well, not natural clones, because a lot of the clones, like Rex has blonde hair, but she has yeah. she has like the long blonde hair, which is pretty atypical of uh She's got the same kind of hairstyle as she yeah. in his heyday. <laughs> yeah. And I'm not saying that like they're that is literally like 
it's possible. I'm not I'm not banking on that theory, but that would be uh kind of that would that would be difficult to put together. Yeah. But after reading Darth Plagueis, not impossible. Yeah. Um we're starting so, to see it's so interesting. I I love that that was the last book that we read for Tales from the Archives because yeah. a lot of those things and we did it a lot on stream. We would talk about Rise of Skywalker and then it was like bam, here's Bad Batch, which is kind yeah, of the through relevant. line to that. Yeah, it's I I'm very happy that we have read that book and knowing that what Plagueis experiments are do like uh with more force-oriented experiments. It's um I don't know. It's it's fun to hypothesize, but like we really don't have enough yet. It would be it would be wild if uh Omega was like Plagueis's last experiment or something. Oh man. Because here's the thing, like uh Palpatine is really only just getting into Metaclorian based experimentation. Mm -hmm. That was all Plagueis's stuff. So what if yeah. that was just one of his original plans that he asked the Kaminoans to put into place? Yeah. That would just be really interesting to me. Yeah, um, maybe we'll get a Plagueis connection, man. I'd love that, dude. You but of course, that is all conjecture. Um, yeah. As it as it goes, a lot of this will probably be stamped into the ground and none of it happening. Um, yeah. Yep. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, overall, the overall, the first three premiere episodes uh, were very enjoyable. I thought it was uh, probably, I, th I would say... I would say it's on par for for the opening for uh, season one yeah, for me. Season one is an um, absolute banger of a premiere, dude. Yeah, I love that first episode, man. It's like it's ninety something minutes or whatever. So long. It's interesting um, that they didn't make. I get why they did it in like three separate episodes, but I was like, oh wow, this is basically just like another Bad Batch season one style opening of this really yeah. long premiere day. Um, I'm glad that they gave us those three episodes because I'm gonna be honest, if I was watching. If I watched the first episode and then the week after that would be the uh, Wrecker and Hunter yeah. one, I'd be like, God, it's just got to get back to... I need more. Kansas. I need... Yeah. But you know, now that we, but we now that have... we're out, you know... I think we have 12 more episodes. There's 15 total. Wow. Um, and wow. some weeks we will get double episodes. I believe three other weeks we'll get double episodes. So um, wraps up May 1st. So we'll be back next week to break down... The fourth episode, which I believe is called The Return. No, that's the fifth episode. Huh. Um, I believe. Oh, it's some. Oh, what's the name of the fourth episode? It's like, uh, I don't know. It's like they're trying up. some like old, old tactics or new tactics or something like that. I don't remember. Uh, really, I do my research, guys. It's a different approach. A different approach. Yes. Which that that title alone is what makes me think. Hey, we need a different approach. Let's get a bounty hunter. Let's get Fennec Shan. Um, oh, you are so right. I, I honestly think you're right on the money with that. Yeah. And uh, I can't wait to talk about this on our season. I mean, season four. On our uh, season four. <laughs> on our season four overview. Um, Yeah, episode four overview. I think that's going to be really great. Um, yeah. Overall, I'm really excited for this season. Um, And I am so, so happy that I have no idea what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, because now that we're out of Tantus, it's like, it's unknown territory for me. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, this is a, this is, this is kind of a normal thing. Like I remember with Ahsoka, we, I think it was once they got to a certain point where we were like, it's unknown territory at this point. Like we have no it's idea unknown what we're territory. getting into. It was, it was after they did the hyperspace jump Yep. We were that like, we were like, don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. So we are the type of people we love to speculate, but also we, no matter what, I'm along for the ride, man. 
Nicole, we have one last thing we need to take care of. Yes, we, we do. Wrap this up. My, my, my and you already part. know is the jetpack. <laughs> That's my jetpack song. You like that? Yeah, I think it was pretty good. We got to do a remix for that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is so easy. This is okay. so easy, but it's so it's such a good question. And we've talked about this in length. Is there a Star Wars character who inspires you? How? My inspiration is Sheev Palpatine. <laughs> <laughs> I want to uh, clone myself too. It's uh, it's it's always got to be it's always got to be Obi Wan, man. You 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 know, right? You you know, because I, I a lot of um, a lot of the I'm just gonna say like a lot of the the main character arcs of my life mm-hmm. have been like turmoil and then how to. <laughs> uh, yeah, basically, um, yeah. Of, of turmoil and just kind of how 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 you how you rise from that. Just just the quote from Rebels: "Look what I have risen above." Is just, uh, man, I got to get that tattooed. Yeah, dude. Oh, that uh, would be that would be great. That's a great tattoo idea. I got to get that tattooed now. Um, oh, I'm gonna throw out a little a little personal info here between Cole and I. We have always wanted to get a. Uh, resembling Star Wars tattoos. Mm-hmm. Um, Cole has more tattoos than I. I have one. It is also a Star Wars tattoo. Um, but it would be very interesting if uh, you got an Obi-Wan tattoo and I got a, Ka- a Kanan tattoo of a quote, Ooh. my favorite Kanan quote, you know? Um, Man, that I'd would have, be good. I'd have to think about it, but maybe in the same style. But we also have an idea for another one. But anyway, um, I mean, I knew it was going to be Obi-Wan, but Obi-Wan also inspires me in a lot of ways. He's not That's my number cool. one, but like, how do you not watch Star Wars and not be inspired by Obi Wan? Right? Yeah. Like yeah, he's, he's especially one of after the, best. the Kenobi show, because like, yeah. D- despite how I feel sometimes about that show, I think it did, uh, it did Obi Wan's character very well, um, and you just love seeing him come back from 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 where he was at. So it, it makes me happy to see that. Yeah. Um, yeah. For me. I mean, I've talked about Kanan in length. Kanan is one of the b- biggest inspirational characters for me um, on the way he carries himself, the way he is. Um, he is like, he is the true definition of of a Jedi and a man and a family man um, mm-hmm. and someone who is, is a, a fighter, but he is also a protector and someone who is gentle. He is a leader. Those are all traits that I, I deeply, deeply admire. Another one that I gotta, I gotta mention, and I know you're, you feel the same way. Luke Skywalker. I was gonna, when you finished, uh, Kanan, I was gonna say, what is your supplemental character? Yeah. And I was probably gonna say Luke. Uh, yeah, yeah, Luke is a very inspirational character. I mean, he's kind of, he's kind of the Star Wars inspirational character since it's, since it's heyday in 77, you know, I, I, it's it's really hard to not look, just watch his journey and be inspired by it, even in the Last Jedi. You know, yeah. uh, just standing he comes up back. for for what you believe in. He, yeah, he he comes back. We ha- had us in the first half. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but also uh, another supplemental character that I'll say is uh, Yoda. Um, Yoda's really inspirational for me. Like he's uh, that that cookie cutter wisdom character from from uh, from you know those typical movies that. That you just love. I mean, honestly, the the, the quote that, t- two quotes that, that get me every time is uh, one is uh, luminous beings are we not this crude matter as he pinches uh, Luke's shoulder, which is just a very spiritually oriented quote, and I really love that. Um, but also, uh, uh, f- failure um, failure is a 
It's it's like uh, failure is like the greatest teacher. Is essentially, the greatest teacher. The failure is. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um. That that's the burden of, of all masters. Uh, we we are what they grow beyond. Yes. Um. But just about failure, you know. Uh. Yeah. Star Wars is very inspirational. We we love yeah. it. We love it. Yeah. I I'm a big big Yoda fan. That that is my favorite Star Wars quote. Is great. Uh. The greatest teacher failure is. Mm-hmm. Um. It's so good. And again, just give me give me that Luke content to show to just to. I don't want to see my boy Luke brought down, but if that's what it means for his the the potency of his arc in the Last Jedi, to just make that even more uh, palpable and more uh, impactful, yeah, it's what I want. You know, um, why do we so. why do we fall? Why do we fall? Batman. Batman. <laughs> so is it? I don't even remember. Is it specifically? It's like so, so we can learn to get back up, or is it just so, so we, we can so get we back can up? learn to pick ourselves up? Pick ourselves up. Yeah. Um, yeah. So anyway, Mortis is turning into a Batman podcast. Welcome back to Batman FM or Gotham <laughs> FM, which actually sounds really neat. That um, actually does sound pretty good. Isn't welcome there... back to Arkham FM. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we just literally the entire episode is us as like the lunatics. We're like. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's out. Great. That's out there on the internet now. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, oh, I have one last one, and that is this guy right here. If you don't see on video, that's Plo Koon. I love Plo Koon. He's just a great guy. That's great. Hey, Plo Koon, how you doing, man? <laughs> I saw you in that concept art for Man for Mando season two. That's I love that. I actually think that art is so sick. Um, yeah. It makes no sense, but I can't believe that people actually thought it was going to be Plo Koon. It's because um, uh, that's exactly how Dave wanted it to be. He didn't want the truth to get out. Yeah. Well, apparently he did a jokingly pitch at the beginning. He's like, what about Plo Koon? And people were like, no. <laughs> that's like, that's not happening. <laughs> that's so great. <laughs> um, oh, well, Cole, I, I deeply enjoyed speaking with, the, uh, with you about our inspirational Star Wars characters and the Bad Bat Season 3 premiere. Where Absolutely, can they find sir. you? Yeah, you know what? You can find me on Instagram at the.cosmic.drifter. And also, you can find my YouTube channel, just The Cosmic Drifter, where I do really cool videos. A recent one just came out about Helldivers 2, in case you've been playing that game. Check it out. Check yeah. it out. Uh, link is in the bio. Soon. Or link is in the description, as it always has been. But yes, that is go go subscribe to The Cosmic Drifter. More content on the way from you. More content I on the way. I'm it. cooking right now. I'm cooking. He's, he's cooking, man. Um, if you haven't already, although I'm sure you have, I also did a, I did a lightsaber video for the channel, uh, and I plan on doing a couple more of those as I, as I accrue more lightsabers. So I'm glad it's you a, guys enjoyed that. It's a beautiful video. It's also our best one right now. Yeah. Well, um, I guess it's a little bit easier to watch a nine minute video about a lightsaber versus an hour and a half podcast about us just talking about everything. So please I, go. I don't blame people. Hey, if you have not checked out Grayson's video, please go check that out. Give him all the support. Um, because I really love this kind of series that, that he's doing because, uh, it's really good to have, um, just more avenues for Mortis to discover. Yeah. Uh, and also stay tuned for, uh, Cole talks, uh, which is just, <laughs> it's just me talking. <laughs> I'm just it's just him staring um, at a, at a wall of paint drying for 30 minutes. It's my, it's my, my blaster reviews. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just, yeah. He just yeah. has an art, a wall of guns, uh, just bl- fake guns on his on the back. <laughs> That'd be no, great. Um, yeah. So check out both our respective uh, little avenues that aren't the main podcast, but you can find me at Shreds3 on Instagram. But more importantly, you can find 
MortisFM on Instagram, at MortisFM. We're now on TikTok, at Mortis underscore FM. So if you want to go check that out as well. Um, and, and yeah, that's that's really it. Please um, like and subscribe if you have not already. I don't typically ask of that, but if you enjoy what it we're helps. talking about, it does. It does. And uh, we'll see you next week for episode four. Who talks first? You talk first. I talk first. The old man gave it to you. <laughs> well, Grayson, may the force be with you. Always. <laughs>